Welcome back to Trauma and Finances. I'm your host, Everyday Empath, and this is where we hope to turn survivors into financial thrivers. Today we're hitting on a topic that I think is probably going to be close to home for a lot of people, and it's the topic of childhood trauma and emotional spending. So looking at that relationship, um, do the adversities that we experience early in life uh, dictate or determine the decisions that we make as an adult? Um, you know, is growing up in an abusive environment or in a neighborhood where there's a lot of violence, is that influencing how we spend our money later in life or what jobs we take or what vacations we go on? What is dictating that? And if it is dictating all of that, what hope do we have in regaining control over that? Um, in my search over this topic, because I think it's an important one um, to acknowledge, I found this fascinating study um, that was done at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, um, and I did provide that link on the blog um, because I think it's pretty important to have both the link to the actual research paper in addition to an excellent article that summarizes everything. Um, but this study looked at about 50 people around the age of 20, so males and females. And of these 20 people, everybody had um, experienced this extreme stress as kids, right? So some kind of trauma, like their parents dying from a, a violent manner, you know, being shot or um, abuse or neglect, just exposure to violence in general. Um, and then they did brain scans. So they, they gave these children or young adults now a series of tasks to do while um, imaging their brain to see how everything was working on a neurological level, um, which we will kind of talk about more and what the implications of that is. But so this psychologist that um, had that speared this study had known these participants since they're about eight years old. So he was familiar with sort of um, their development and kind of where their stress hormones and everything were since then. So I think there are a few things um, that were important that came out of the study that I'd like to bring up. But one, one thing is the risk-taking behavior that comes from um, adverse experiences, right? And, and the ability to assess for risk um, is especially important because what they found um, in the study and ones related are that kiddos that have had really scary experiences when they get older. So even adolescence or young adulthood, or even later in life, um, if you don't have somebody mentoring you otherwise, what they found is that your ability to assess danger or look at signals um, that are telling you that danger might be laying ahead, you are less likely to pick up on those signals and to take them in and digest them in such a way that is useful for you to avoid those dangers. So one of the things they did in this study to determine that is they set the um, young adults up in these oh, excuse me, gambling simulations, right? So what they did is um, they set the kids up um, and they would be allowed to like have $5 to spend on this gambling exercise, right? But what they did is they put in these shapes. So say there was a square. So they threw in a square into the activity and the square was meant to, and they told the kids this, it was meant to signal when something dangerous was gonna happen, like the risk of losing your $5, right? So they threw that square in there. And what they found are the kids that had adverse 
events happen to them earlier in life, when they saw that square pop up on the screen when they were doing this task, they actually ignored it. They bypassed it and continued to do the task and ended up losing their $5. And not only did they do that one time, they did it over and over and over again. So they not only didn't register that that risk was happening, but it took multiple tries to learn that that risk was taking place. Um, I, I think that's really important as adults that are struggling with money management, right? How we can apply that to what we're doing. So, you know, impulse spending, you know, going to the mall, spending your check the second you have it because you're either not used to having money or you're having a hard day and you just need to to meet that um, need to make yourself feel better. And so you go spend a ton of money, right? And then you're broke. And then the next month, instead of thinking back and saying, you know, I actually couldn't eat three days before my paycheck last month because I spent it all at the mall. Maybe I shouldn't do that next month. You actually get paid and end up doing it again. Right. And so now we're talking about those brain connections on a deeper level. Right. So if our brains have been formed in such a way, then it's going to determine patterns. Right. We start creating patterns of behavior. And so we're going to talk about how to um, acknowledge and work with that. But some more interesting things that were highlighted or cited in this study um, were that the doctor refers to this as almost a learning disability. He said that um, it's more like a learning disability in that the people or the subjects were ignoring the signs that most people were taking as a warning. So just completely bypassing it. So it wasn't getting processed. It wasn't going deeper. So in a, in a different um, episode, we talk about survival mode and what that does to the brain and how that affects our decision making. And so this is touching on that a little bit, because when people are highly traumatized, they're usually in survival mode more often than not. Um, and so I would dip into that podcast uh, episode too, if, if you haven't listened to that already, um, to kind of figure out why that's happening. Um, and so we're talking about our brain systems being changed. Um, but then it, you know, it goes on to talk about how discipline may or may not be effective for kids when they're younger. So for those of you who might have had a difficult past and landed in um, detention centers or, you know, just, or lived with other relatives and they were having a hard time connecting with you or whatever that might be, right? Or you were in school and you started getting in trouble a lot and couldn't quite figure out why that was happening, right? That's the other thing is that disconnect starts happening of, well, I, I don't understand why. And even though it should be obvious to anybody on the outside, when you yourself are up against what's happening, you can't quite understand it. Um, and that's because trauma, which is something that we explained in an earlier episode um, in regards to negative cognitions and negative thinking, check out that episode. But trauma sits in our brain differently and it affects our brain differently on different levels, right? So that frontal cortex of like all that complex organizing and then our fear cortex, you know, our amygdala, those kinds of things, all pieces of the brain are affected in some way. And so the reason that's important is to realize that sometimes it's beyond our immediate control, beyond our conscious control of the decisions that we're making financially and otherwise. And so, you know, this could be applied to many different things, right? So perhaps you just got paid and you had a passionate argument with your partner and, you know, and you guys don't live together and you're, you're like, you know what, I'm going to show them, I'm going to go on vacation without them. So you book a vacation with the girls or the guys 
Um, but now you've spent $300 that you don't actually have to go do that just to set a point, right? Or, um, or maybe you just had a rough day at work. And so you go and you drop a couple hundred dollars um, on clothes that you didn't really need, right? So emotional spending can look um, different for different people, right? Or maybe, you know, say, okay, well, I'm going to invest in the stock market. Um, but instead of like sitting there and really reading through where the stocks are coming from, what their history is, what their projected target price is, et cetera, you just look at it and think, you know, I, I feel like entertainment today. I like, I like movies. I'm just gonna, you know, buy 30 shares of AMC or Regal or whatever it is. Um, without, without looking at anything, the trends or anything, and then you lose a bunch of money on that. So really you're gambling instead of investing, right? Or maybe you're spending money um, on things that are not serving your health, such as, you know, alcohol or going out too much or um, drinking a lot while you're out, right? So we're gonna talk about where that comes from, where, what deeper place um, are those things rooted in and how can we kind of meet those needs in different ways, right? And so the blog, I did highlight some tips on there, but um, I think first and foremost, um, when we do this exercise, I'm gonna explain some ideas I have and some strategies to sort of combat this emotional spending. I think it's important to not judge yourself, right? To realize that you've actually been through some hard stuff, whether or not you're thinking about it every day or, you know, losing sleep over it or, you know, being stressed out by it all of the time is one thing. But but even if it's not, it's somewhere deep inside of you, right? It's still part of your story, part of your timeline. And it's something to acknowledge on some level um, and accept that it's there. Uh, so then you can start figuring out what to do about it, right? And so that first step with anything else that we do on on this in this community on this podcast in this blog is always recognize and acknowledge right so whatever the problem is the behavior the goal whatever it is recognize and acknowledge it without judgment so it's not going to help if you're like Ugh, okay fine yeah i did spend a thousand more dollars you know on alcohol this year than i wanted to okay, well, you know, and now you're, you're feeling guilty and those negative thoughts and the anxiety kicks in and now you're feeling bad about yourself and what's wrong with me and am I an alcoholic and all these things start spiraling out of control. Well, take a breath. Okay, slow down, back up. So we're going to write these things down, but we're not going to judge them. Okay, we're just writing them down. Pretend to just be, you know, one of these researchers looking at your life academically instead of emotionally. Okay, so take a step back a little bit. Um, because this, what we're trying to do here today is not pass judgment on ourselves and make us feel worse about what's going on. The, the purpose is to change that behavior and it can only change if it feels good and if it's rewarding. That is how we change behavior overall. Um, and just a disclaimer that I do in every episode, none of this is licensed or certified advice from you know, a counselor or a financial advisor. They're more of just ideas and strategies and conversations that we have together about bettering um, financial freedom, financial future, and where you're at and just acknowledging yourself as a survivor. So tips to combat emotional spending. Tip one, so recognizing and acknowledging. So slowing down and thinking about what influences you to make these decisions in the first place, right? So 
spending from an emotional place comes from some decision, even if the decision comes so quick, you're not even aware that it's happening, right? So maybe you're at a mall and you're like, you know what, I need, I, I need five of these. And so you, you go buy, you know, five pairs of socks that, you know, all look different, but you just need them, even though you have thousands of socks at home, and they're all really cute. And they're all practically brand new, but you need more just in case. Well, okay, so that might be an emotional spend, right? So where is that coming from? Are you broke before each payday and you're feeling surprised by where your money went? That might be a sign that you're an emotional spender. Um, how, so how are you contributing to you not having money? So that's the big question. Okay, what is your actual responsibility to you not having money? Because I think it's, it's easy and it's natural and it's even justified to say, well, you know, I work at a job that doesn't pay me enough. I'm sure that's true because it's true for most of us, right? Or, you know, the bills are crazy or there's inflation or, you know, my credit's not amazing. So I have a higher car, car payment, whatever that is, right? So there are going to be external factors, but you get to make decisions within what resources you have um, to pay for those things. So how are you yourself contributing to this set of issues, right? To your own spending and saving. So just think about that and reflect on that. The next step is to write these down, okay? So write these things down. So list the things that you spend money on. So just start with this month, okay? If it's the beginning, middle, whatever. List the things that you've spent money on this month that weren't absolutely necessary for like basic survival, okay? I'm talking like toilet paper, um, you know, food, gas to get to work, like the really basic stuff, okay? Um, bills, you know, to keep your heat on, that kind of stuff. I am not talking about, you know, the magazine at the checkout or, um, you know, a, a, a pattern that you had to download um, to start, you know, the next project or whatever it is, right? Or, or new shoes because you might have an interview in a few months or you're thinking about getting a new job, so you might start shopping for it now. Not not that kind of stuff. I mean, the the bare basics, right? So, anything that you didn't spend on bare basics. So those shoes or um, whatever it is, go ahead and list those things that weren't totally necessary. Um, and then just be honest, ignore all those inner voices and in they're trying to justify why you bought them or well, you did actually need them, right? Again, you aren't judging the purchases, you're just writing them down. So list all those purchases, okay? The next step is to connect those dots. So take one purchase at a time. So next to the items that you listed, write out what was happening for you at that time. So say you went on Amazon and um, I don't know, you bought you bought a really cute backpack, except you're not even school, you don't even really need it, and you already have one, you know, to get on the bus and go to work. You already have one, it's totally functional, it's totally cute, but you needed something new. So you just splurge and you bought this backpack. Well, I want you to think, go back to when you were buying that backpack and think about what was happening for you in that moment and what happened for you that day before you bought that backpack. Okay, so what was contributing to it? Was it a hard day? Was it a boring day? You know, was it a stressful day? What was happening for you? And then what were your thoughts behind that? Oh, I need this because this, this, and this, right? So, so think about all of that because we want to find out where this behavior is coming from and, and where these impulse, what are triggering these impulses. So write all that down. Um, you know, did you have an argument with your partner? Were you super stressed at work? Um, what internal need were you trying to make, 
to meet by making that purchase, okay? Because every time you buy something, you're trying to meet a need within you, okay? So it could be the basic needs, right, that we all have as people to stay alive. But most of the other purchases we make are some kind of, you know, self to an emotional need that we're having. So what what is going on? So write that next to the purchase that you make, like what was happening that day or the feeling that went along with that. And then you want to start creating alternatives. So now that you've got that list um, and a glimpse into what might be happening for you, think of, you know, what's associated with that. So, you know, say you're spending too much um, on alcohol or food when you're going out with your friends, right? So what what's happening there? Are you lonely and really just needing that quality time with them and that's how you're showing love is you're buying everybody a drink? Or maybe you just don't want to deal with, you know, it's COVID, right? So are you feeling isolated? And so when you're with people, you're overdoing it because now you're a little bit socially anxious. Like, where is that coming from? Why are you spending so much? You know, why are you sort of going beyond your threshold or your limit? Something in you is not seeing that square that pops up on the screen from the study, right? You're not seeing the signal of, hey, this is turning into a risk. You're going to start regretting this. So what signals are you missing and why are you bypassing those? You know, what could be one of those signals? You know, could it be that, you know, the bar, you've signed your fourth receipt at the bar um, and have noticed like, oh shoot, okay, well I'm at $50 and I only have $100 in the next two weeks for food. So should I actually get another drink, right? That's a warning signal. Are you ignoring that? Are you even seeing that? You know, really look at that. Um, if you are lonely and needing quality time with people, what can you do as an alternative? Can you join a meetup group? Because those are free. So meetup.com, I did put the link in the blog post. Um, but is that something you can explore? Are there like local groups where you can make new friends? You can do things for free, like go on walks or tours of the city or whatever it is. Um, what is something kind of laid back that you can still participate um, in human connection without spending a bunch of money? You know, can you... Can you plan an activity on a whole day for less than five bucks by grabbing coffee with somebody? But just actually coffee, not some fancy latte, you know, that takes your lunch money for the next four days. Um, how many drinks are too many drinks when you're out with friends? You know, set a limit for yourself. Or, you know, PBR is going to be a lot cheaper than a fancy cocktail, you know, or could you get Coke? with something in it because it's, you know, it looks fancy, but it's a lot cheaper. What are some creative ways that you can still save money while getting your emotional needs met? Um, forgiving and growing. So acknowledging that that issue is there um, and that it already happened and that it might happen again because you're learning a new behavior and that takes time and you're going to mess up, right? That's just kind of basic behavioral psychology is that you're going to trip up when you're learning something new. So to forgive that and make space to grow, okay? Realizing that when you're gonna fall, you're falling forward and you're learning from that, okay? So, oh, I had a snag. So instead of ignoring those warning signals, you're realizing that they're there, that you bypass it this time. Shoot, I'm feeling a little remorseful over something that just happened or whatever I just spent money on. Okay, how can we do this differently? You know, write it down, keep yourself accountable, have an accountability buddy, buddy whatever it takes, right? But just, Acknowledge that it happened, be compassionate with yourself, and let allow yourself to grow. Um, you know, so, and keep nurturing that inner child, because what it comes down to is, 
you know, if we are traumatized at a very young age, um, that part of us sticks with us. You know, some, some part of our child is frozen in time and living within us and constantly needing attention and nurturing. Now that could be sad to acknowledge for some of us. That could be annoying for other people. Like I'm trying to adult and I've got this little kid that I have to babysit inside, right? Well, where is that coming from? That's That sounds a little bit like annoyance or resentment, right? So explore what kind of relationship you might have with your inner child, how much you spend time with him or her or they, and what you guys do together. Um, and, you know, do you have a relationship with one another? And if not, then what can you do to kind of make that flourish a little bit more so you're not emotionally spending it or doing it in a way where you're continuing to self-harm through money um, or different ways. So trying to get over that spending hangover. Um, I know that you are perfectly capable of this. As always, you're worth it. You deserve this. Um, you definitely can get to financial freedom by minimizing that debt. We'll talk about how to do that later on. But again, right, just realizing where you are on this journey, knowing that it is a journey and it's not going to be a fast fix. It's just a little bit at a time. You're, you're just putting tools in your toolbox and you're learning this a little bit at a time and that that's okay. I'm proud of you. I'm proud to know you. If you have any questions or comments or stories that you can share, throw them down in the comments or shoot me an email at samstheorybook at gmail.com. Otherwise, it was great to hang out with everybody and I'll see you next episode.